It's goosebump time in Oxford, Mississippi. Rebellion. We're back at it again here in the Legal Gambling Council studio, brought to you by Second Line. I'm your host, Zach Barry. We're fired up this week, coming off uh, quite the quite the heater, 7-1 in Week 2, 11-5 overall. Joining me, as always, Austin Gray, Benjamin Woodhouse, Nicholas Carr. Gentlemen, uh, I, outside of... Um, Mr. Woodhouse, who was the reigning champion, uh, we all had a clean sweep. And uh, to be fair to Ben, uh, Dabo and the Tigers uh, pumped the brakes quite a bit. And uh, Winston Salem might have hit the uh, hit the line there for us, and we had a clean eight no, but we didn't. But we are still, uh, like I said, we're purring. How's everybody doing this evening? I'm feeling good. I'm trying to get back on the winning track. You know, I'm improving every week, so looking good. Got my winners right here for you. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a little apprehensive. Does Nick sound like he's a, Does Nick sound like he's asleep to anybody else, or is that just me? He could have accidentally brewed some decaf. I don't know. He could. Oh have. man, you talk about a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> you know who drinks decaf? Serial killers. That's who. Chad White. Oh. Chad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, What's yeah. the difference? Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> y- 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 y'all know y'all know the deal. Y- y- you tail the legal gambling counsel and you fake Clay Travis. That's that's how we do things. Um, so last week, like I said, the only one we didn't hit was Clemson minus 33. The rest clean across the board. So if you listen to the episode, if you, if you tailed yours truly and the rest of the crew here, you had a good week. Uh, we're we're back again week three. We've got a uh, we got a fun slate. I would say that's my personal opinion. Uh, and by fun slate, I mean it's fucking college football. I don't know what anybody's complaining about. We got we got football on TV. All right, let's get to it. Let's don't waste any time. Uh, Nick, uh, don't drop your coffee. I'm throwing you the keys here. Go ahead and uh, let, let's ride. All right, let's start us off. We don't have a Thursday night game. Uh, this week, I guess that was the game that got that got canceled and ended up. Houston's going to play Baylor on Saturday, so I tell you what, let, that's a that's no better place to start off. We'll start off Houston Baylor, uh, the game that Ole Miss should have been playing in a, a week late. Uh, that's I think that's big noon Saturday mm. uh, in Waco. Baylor minus four and a half. Remember Baylor lost uh, pretty much everything off the offense from last year on the shores of the Brazos. Um, I like Baylor here. Uh, I got it at minus four. Is that what you're seeing, Nick? I'm seeing four and a half. Okay. Uh, if you can find it at four and you and you want Baylor, then do that. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the Bears here. Dave Aranda in his debut, uh, like like Nick said, lost a ton off the offense, but I think they've still got a ton of talent over there. I don't know. If Houston's got enough firepower to keep up with Baylor, uh, the cupboard's not too bare, and uh, the line's not too big. I think you're probably better off taking the line here instead of an over/under play. Uh, if you do want to do th- do a total, I-, I like the under 
I got it at 63. I think the under is fair, maybe like a 34-24 game. I, I think that Holgo and the and the Cougs could maybe hang in there and keep it somewhat close. But I like the Bears to cover. And then, yeah, if you want to go total, I'd go the under. Yeah, I was wrong. on. They brought back Charlie Brewer, so they didn't lose a ton offensively. They did lose a very good wide receiver in Denzel Mims. Uh, the more I look at it, the more I'm thinking Baylor. If it's a high-scoring game, I'm typically thinking that, that it's not going to be a super close game. It could be a very competitive game, but they've got the over-under here at you know, 62, 61.5. I mean, excuse me, 62.5. So they're thinking this game is going to be played in the 30s. Traditionally, that's it, it, not a super close. 35-31 seems a little too close for me. So I would just take – I would take Baylor based on the fact that, you know, if it's a high-scoring game and they're up, you know, three and score late, well, that's a 10-point win. Yeah, so initially I wanted to take Baylor and lock it in, right? And Baylor lay the points, lock it in. They got a returning quarterback, Dave Randa. They're playing at home, the, the whole deal. But – you know, Houston's got a lot of experience coming back on the offensive line. They've got a really good receiver in Mark West Stevenson. Um, I think the quarterback is back. Uh, Clayton Toon, I think is his name. I, you know, it's just they've got enough weapons that I'm not comfortable laying the points. You know, I say all this, Austin will probably take it and lay the points as soon as it gets to us. But um, uh, nevertheless, I, I think Baylor wins and covers. Um, I echo a lot of what Nick said. I think the game's probably in the 30s, low 30s. So, um, yeah, I'll take the Bears. You cowards. Okay, so I'm going to lock in Houston, and here's why. Oh. Um, <laughs> continuity. Continuity is important. And has been so far in, in this young season. Uh, coaching staff that have been in place for a year or more, who had some spring practices under their belt, who had a program, you know, a framework, a structure within which uh, players could operate and had some experience. Um, I think it's extremely valuable. So here's a stat. First-year head coaches are now 2-8 and eight against the spread. Um, obviously, Iran is a new coach. They do have a returning quarterback, which worries me a little bit, in Brewer. He's pretty good. Uh, maybe the best in the Big 12 – maybe um but on the other side of the ball they lost basically everybody they returned two starters on defense only nine starters overall on the other side houston has 19 starters coming back they're in the top five returning production on offense so i trust holgerson in year two um the other thing here is he's got a ton of transfers that are eligible um, which sat out last year and that 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 woeful campaign i think they won four games last year houston but um all those guys sat so he's got a bunch of power five transfers to plug some holes on the defensive side of the ball um i, I just i think it just comes down to trust for me i trust tune again I, brewer's probably the better quarterback but um give me houston in the points locked in at four and a half the other thing too by the way uh baylor released their depth chart yesterday and i think four starters were out the rumor is that it's covid um so who knows what impact that might have it could actually you know balloon to to more than four by the time we kick on saturday so i want to take the points with the cougs for a lock ben any thoughts no, no thoughts. Uh, he's he's smarter than me, you know. I, I oh, think, by the way, we, we should have said, open, by the way, serious regression coming for me this week. Do what, Ben? It, did it open at six and now it's down to four? Uh, yeah, I think that's right. It's down to four and a half. Mm-hmm. Four and a half, okay. Yeah. Um, so if you can, 
I don't see it anywhere at five. Uh, and, and like I said, the over under is either 62 or 61 and a half, depending on where you look. So, uh, all right, the next game, and I, I tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and probably lock one in on this one uh, just because I'm just not seeing this. So this is Boston College at Duke. Now, do you recall that Duke's already played a game, and I don't believe Boston College has. I might have to double-check that. Maybe I shouldn't be betting on a, on a team that I don't really know much about. But I, I just don't see uh, this game getting to the over-under of 52 or, or 51 and a half, I guess. Which game? Did Nick Duke just get disconnected? Or did like I get it. disconnected? No. Nick is still there. He's on mute, I think, maybe. He was. It sounded like he was mid-sentence. <laughs> anyway, good pod. Uh, I'll take it. His computer I'll locked from, up. From here, I, I, I'll tell you. You know, I, I don't. This is a stay away game for me. I thought Duke looked pretty good against Notre Dame, but how much was that Notre Dame sleepwalking? And how good is Notre Dame? I, you know, last week we thought that they'd be really good, and I think everybody did. I, you know, expect their defense to be legit. And um, that said, uh, Nick is Nick is I'm, telling I'm, me his computer's rebooting. He'll be back. He's saying to take the under here in this game, and I. I was and not to cut you off, Ben. I was saying this before we started. I love the under here in a David Cutcliffe game. Yeah, under in David Cutcliffe against Boston College. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about guys being a team, a team that'll just take the air out of the ball. Uh, I think the under's the play as well. But if I had to pick the spread, I would take the points with BC. I'm gonna tell you there. Take the five and a half. I got it at five and a half. For the Eagles, take the under as well. I got it at 52. I'm seeing something like a uh, like a like a 28-24, game. Just something weird, non. Just it's just David Cutcliffe, Boston College. It's going to be a lot of running the football. It's going to be some some solid defense. I think that Chase Bryce played well in week one for Duke. Uh, he had a good showing. Um, but as we know, Cut's not going to do anything flashy. He's not going to run it up. So the under is the play that I would go with here. Um, I'd, I'd stay away. The spread's a little low for me. I'd say I'd lean BC covering. But if you're wanting to go spread or total, I'd go total and go under. Yeah, I don't really disagree here. It's a stay away for me, but I think if you're going to bet it, under is the play. In addition to everything you guys said, uh, BC's new coach is is really defensive background, you know, um, experience on that side of the ball. I expect them to be pretty salty on defense. So when you combine that with Cutcliffe's tendency to lengthen possessions and shorten the game, I think um, I think this probably is played at a crawl, pretty slow pace. Um, Duke will be content to, to grind it out. They probably edge out BC in terms of the, yeah. the spread, but, but I'm going under too. I thought I heard Nick there. Is he back? No? Okay. I'm hearing things. We're, we're, we're three beers deep over here, so we're, we're hearing things. Um, 
Yeah, so I think everybody's going under here. Like in BC, Nick said the under as well. We're going to jump into our next game here. Um, you know, Nick had some technical difficulties. He's uh, he's he's in the back of the uh, of the proverbial van. He, he's, he's peeing in a Mountain Dew bottle. I'm taking the wheel here. Uh, we're going to jump in. And, and speaking of being handy, uh, this is handy for me to uh, be able to just seamlessly take over. Um being handy, we're going to talk Liberty in Western Kentucky. Uh, in Bowling Green, uh, the spread that I got is Hilltoppers minus 14 and a half. I think Liberty can cover that. Uh, the over-under is 53 and a half. Um, I like Western Kentucky. I like T-Pig, the quarterback for the Hilltoppers. I think he's a, uh, a pretty serviceable dual threat. I think that uh, he can give Liberty some issues moving the pocket, getting out and uh, throwing the football, using his legs to run. Um, but uh, Petrino is, is is still kind of getting a feel for his team, I think. And um, I, I see this as like a 31-20 type win for uh, the Hilltoppers. So Liberty keeps it interesting, but uh, I think that uh, they can cover and um, – I would take I'd take the points there, and then uh, if you want to double down, I'd take the under as well, just because still two two head coaches that are offensively minded, but they're still trying to to get a feel. Uh, no pun intended, but a pun intended uh, for their offense. So that's what I'm thinking. Wait, so, is Petrino back there? Yeah, I thought it was Helton. I thought it was Tyson Helton. No, no, Petrino's in Missouri State. Yeah, that's right. That's Wait, right. who's yeah. at Western Kentucky? I think Willie it's Hilton. Taggart. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, what am I missing on this game? Okay, I mean, Brom. It's Brom. Three, three Wait, beers they... deep. Might be four beers deep. Hold on. Tyson Helton is the is the coach. Holy shit. Are they are they fourteen points better than anybody? I mean, Western Kentucky. No offense to them. I just that seems like a lot of points for two teams that you probably don't know a player off of. I just need to pay my respects and apologize to Tyson Helton uh, and the Helton Wait, did family. you kill him? I, I don't fucking know what's going on. I thought Bobby Petrino was back there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, please leave this in. Uh, He's there in spirit. I need to Petrino's leave, I need to leave the chat. Everything I said, though, I, I still stand by. Um, but, you know, who, who, who knows? He, he frees like hand jobs, and he's terrible at his job. I'm going to keep this very... A brief. <laughs> Hugh Freeze is very, very good at, or I don't know how he's been since he's been at Liberty. I played a lot of Ole Miss lines when Hugh Freeze is at Ole Miss, and he is good at covering spreads as an underdog, unless he's just absolutely outmanned. Um, he will get his program up. This is the first game of the year. They'll be ready to go. They're not going to be tired of his pregame speeches in week one. So um, I think Liberty is going to cover the spread. Uh, matter of fact, it is, I see it at 14 and a half. If I can have the half point, um, I'm going to lock this in. Liberty plus 14 and a half. Take the Do it. You're locking it? Yeah, locking it in. Ooh, buddy. Yeah, you're Three. getting 14 and a half on a number of books. Circus Sports, William Hill, uh, even Stations, whatever that is. So we're going to give you 14 and a half. And, and and I, I mean, I like Western Kentucky. This nothing to do with that. I just Hugh Freeze in Week One is. I mean, we've seen that time and again. The 2016 Ole Miss team 
was not very good and really had Florida State beat before it crumbled. Yeah, so that's a, that's right. I mean, so, he'll have them ready. So Ben, all is, jokes aside, so Ben yeah. is locking it up. It, he, like they say, Hugh Freeze's teams rise to the occasion. He is locking it up like carpal tunnel next to a dumpster behind a movie theater. <laughs> Freeze is going to slide in your DM so hard. <laughs> He's yet to do it. Hugh, if you're listening, oh. stop being a coward and slide my DMs. All right. All right speak, speaking of Bobby Petrino, we want to talk about Miami at Louisville. Yeah, what? It's just, I'm did, just an idiot. did Austin pick that game? I didn't hear it if he did. Uh, who knows, man? I, look, I, at Liberty probably covers. Who I, I don't know. Western Kentucky has a game under their belt, though, under against a pretty good team in Week One. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, it's a that's a big number. Two scores. You have a that's lot a of outs there. Number. It, it is. is a large number. I don't and know. They play well back, against Louisville, but, but maybe you get a little bit of a letdown game. Plus, Liberty being excited about playing. I don't know. It's I, COVID I season. Just. Roll with it. I'm sorry. I wouldn't be eager to lay the big number, uh, not at all. So if I, if I bet it, it would be Liberty. I have everyone shook because I have teleported Bobby Petrino to Bowling Green again. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going Miami-Louisville, you said? Yeah, uh, Louisville is minus two and a half. So where college game day is going to be. That number <laughs> is – man, hey, we're taking what we can get, man. We're not going to throw stones here. Dude, can I know we're under 64 and a half. Can I uh, – well, you said Louisville minus two and a half? Yeah, I wouldn't touch this, man. Yeah, I'm actually going to lock that in as well. We what? <laughs> Did you Wait, see Miami here. last week? Do what? Miami looked good last week on offense. Yeah, that's fine. What? That's fine. They didn't score a ton of points because they had some turnovers. But I think they had like something like 600 yards. Oh, God. Man, tell them that was last week. This is they didn't, first they didn't off. Look- First off, the Louisville—I mean, the Louisville Cardinal defense—is oh, not the same as the UAB defense. Here comes okay. the Corinth Warrior, baby. That's it. That's it. Lay the points. No, I really—I want to lay it because I want to have more interest in what, or I want to lock this in and have more interest in watching this game. Um, it, not that I'm not going to have a ton anyway. I I like Louisville. I like their program in general. I think they're really good at home, just historically good at home. They got a Cunningham is good. You know, I I'm I just don't like my Bill C's got Bill C's got the Canes by four. That's fine. That's fine. I don't really like that either. I'm kind of I, I mean that's in here. I tell you what, I tell you what, if you give me Louisville plus four and a half we talk or plus three and a half. I mean, you know, it's I bet right here live on on the show. Yeah, well, no, plus I mean, three and a half. You no, I'm just going to go to Vegas unless you you're wanting to give absolutely <laughs> not. No, no the, look, I, I just I like Louisville. I like it in two and a half. The win probability is not that high. Bill C's only got Miami at fifty nine percent. I, all jokes aside, Brian Brown's defense looked good last week. I think that look, you, you can make all the all the Papa John jokes you want, but regardless of who the coach has been there, they've been a serviceable program. I like Scott Satterfield as a head coach. I, uh, I mean, he hell, he was on our hot board for Ole Miss. Um, I thought that would have been a great hire. And, uh, and uh, I, I don't hate that at all. I, I think that Louisville could definitely. 
do some damage here, especially at home. I was not impressed with with the Hurricanes at all in Week One. I, I, I just, I, I think Manny Diaz is a fake tough guy, and I just don't believe in them. I really want to like Louisville here, but I can't. I can't get last year's game out of my head where Miami just blew them off the field. Thank you for the voice um, of reason. I, it just it was it was <laughs> dominant. You know, I think it was fifty-two to fourteen, something like that. It was a, I don't know. It was a blowout, um, and I don't think much has changed from those two squads. Um, Miami, in fact, probably upgraded at quarterback and a couple of other positions. I really do want to like Louisville. I like Satterfield. I like the staff. I like the fact that there's an Ole Miss and Mississippi guy on staff there at Louisville has been noted, um, but it's a complete stay away from me. I'll be rooting for you, Ben. Hmm. I, look, I'm need to running the, away from the from the pickle with me, so I'm going against my gut everywhere. You know, we, Ben, we need to cut the we need to turn to the tape, put the Brian Brown Corinth tape on, let the haters see. <laughs> Come on, we can even put on the basketball highlight tape for y'all. Hey, real real talk. Outside of probably Courtney Fells at Shannon. He was probably the most exciting high school player, like, above. Courtney Fells was incredible basketball. What a deep cut. I love it. (laughs) Courtney Fells, dude, he pulled up just past half court. It was incredible. It's pretty remarkable on an Ole Miss podcast that we're talking Shannon and we're not even talking Romero Miller. (laughs) Ro, shout out Ro. And Romero's a parade All-American. Shout out Ro. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break here from the sponsors. When we come back, we've got a couple more locks for y'all. Uh, I'd say a couple. we got a lot. Uh, we'll get to it, but on the other side, stick with us, and uh, we will give you more opportunities to make dinero. It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments part of the Kelly English restaurant group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Iris in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. 
The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe running it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something. The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome, has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station bourbon, a very small batch High Rye Bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, and just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high rye bourbons. So you could do that or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend. And then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your, pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share SIP responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. Welcome back here to the Podcast Rebellion. Nicholas, continue to steer the ship and let's uh, get some folks some money here. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll throw in my la- – actually, Austin, do you have another lock for us? I've got two locks already in. Yeah, I'm taking one. I'm going to go unconventional here. Not not the sexiest game on the board, but um, – Don't do it. I, I, think there's, I think there's money to be made. So App State Marshall over 58, yes. 58 and a half, whatever. Um, not sexy. Who are you telling? Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> nothing nothing says sexy like – was it Huntington, West Virginia? Is that where Marshall is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out to uh, uh, so I just think it gets pointsy. You know, I, they both played last week, shook the rust off a little bit. Marshall's quarterback looked incredible. Now they're playing Eastern Kentucky, who is trash, but uh, dude looked legit. I think App State easily gets to the mid high thirties here. Marshall's going to have to try to keep pace. They probably chunk it around a bit. I don't think it's a, a stretch at all to think both teams get in the mid thirties. That that gets us well over the number at fifty eight, fifty eight and a half. And App State at this point is just kind of a machine. Like mm-hmm. just, they're they're plug and play with their with their whoever their head coach is. I think this is what the third and four years. So uh, whoever yeah. they put in there, it's going to be good. I mean, they looked good last week as well, especially offensively. 
Yeah, I'll senior see. quarterback, good O-line, good, good skill players. I think they probably set the pace. But if Marshall can just be competitive, you know, get to 28, get to 31, I think we're good. So I said that uh, this is this is a different game, and this is my second lock. I said that I only I had two locks in. I only had one. My my first lock was BC and Duke under fifty two. Uh, my other one's going to be NC State. Uh, is playing. Excuse me, is hosting Wake Forest, and they're minus two and a half. Am I missing something? Did you guys see Wake Forest last week? I mean, I, I understand they were playing Clemson first game of the year, uh, and that's going to help them. But they were hatless. I, I don't. I mean, what did North Carolina State lose that I'm not aware of? Minus two and a half seems like just, you know, they're, they're missing this this by a touchdown. I think this is going to be a game in the eight to ten point range. So, NC State minus two and a half. Yeah, I do wonder what the line would have been had Clemson covered last week. This feels like we're getting an overinflated um, number or for, for yep. Wake, for overinflated value rather for Wake. I'm seeing NC State is bringing back their quarterback. They're bringing back their top four rushers. Uh, they're bringing back all but one of their top 12 receivers. Uh, they're bringing back four of their top five linemen. Uh, they return all three linebackers, three guys in the secondary uh, of the four starters. I just don't get that. You're exactly right. This is an inflated line because Clemson didn't beat the crap out of them because it was the first week of the year, which was kind of predictable that they wouldn't. We're getting way for us on the road, and I get it. it it's The road's only probably like a one-point difference this year but it just still seems too close Mm -hmm. yeah i like uh i I like the wolf pack there i uh wasn't too impressed with what wake had last week and i know that the, the the claw typically has a good ball club um i just lean the wolf pack here dave doran pretty steady eddie there and uh, yeah, small line. Yeah, in Raleigh, I, I, I'm I'm going Wolfpack. All right, Ben, you got a third lock for us. Maybe, maybe he's on, maybe he's on me. Unprecedented. Maybe we lost me. What, Zach, do you have another lock? How many locks have you put in? Yeah, I'll go ahead and jump in here. I got uh, first one of the uh, the show for me. I'm going to go Charlotte UNC. I'm going to go over 59 and a half. Um, in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, one last week. Uh, pretty, I'd say sloppy for them against Syracuse. I don't think Syracuse is very good this year. I love Dino Babers, but... I don't think the orange have much, um, but I like the Tar Heels here. I like for Sam Howell to get going offensively. I uh, I like for Lofongo to put up a lot of points. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to cover the the thirty points that they're uh, that the line is showing. I don't know if they're going to cover that, but I think they're going to hit the over uh, regardless. Fifty nine and a half. I, I don't think that that's too much out of the question there. So I'm going to go. Charlotte 49ers, North Carolina Tar Heels over 59 and a half. I think that's a pretty safe lock there for the folks at home. And then uh, we can we we can keep going. I I got I got two more yeah. in the chamber. If uh, if Ben toss another log on the fire. I forgot you you had not done one yet. 
So I got uh, UCF, or excuse me, USF Notre Dame over 48 and a half. Uh, the Bulls travel to South Bend. I I really like Ian Book, and I like Notre Dame. They had a little bit of a I, I wouldn't in hindsight or you know afterwards I'm not going to call it a trap game because they won. But Duke in Week One not the easiest matchup. Like Duke's nothing that they're not world beaters. But Cutcliffe's going to have a well coached team. They're going to be fine. Uh, they didn't cover the spread, but I like what what Ian Book and uh, what the Irish showed in week one. Uh, I think that I'm not taking them to cover the 26, but I am taking the over at, I got it at 48 and a half. I think that that's easy. Um, so I will throw that at you. Bulls, Irish over 48 and a half. I think that's an easy lock. Okay. Am I back now? You're Sorry back. About the... You're back. There we are. We've had a lot of uh, technical difficulties here. A lot of moving here. parts. A lot of moving parts. In the uh, in the studio, uh, Chad White hit squads. <laughs> <laughs> We're tapped. Um, it, what I was saying while I was disconnected, not knowing I was disconnected, is every week I take a huge line. I mean, it's just kind of like you know what I do, and I've gone through each of these games trying to figure out which huge spread I'm going to take. Is it going to be Oklahoma State minus 22.5, Cincinnati minus 33.5, Clemson minus 45.5 against Citadel? I think that's a lot of points. I mean, you know, you you win 45 to nothing and don't cover. Um, that said, before the, before the show started, I was talking with uh, Zach Austin and Nick about you know, Georgia Tech is getting seven and a half points at home against UCF. And, you know, it just sounds too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, giving Georgia Tech, who just won a game at Florida State and looked good doing it, give them seven and a half points at home. Because of that, I'm going to take Central Florida because odds makers know more than me. There you and go. when I, I can sniff out, you know, cow shit when I, when, you know, it just it just doesn't make sense. So I'm going to take Central Florida minus seven and a half on the road at two thirty on AS, or on ABC against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's got a new style offense. They don't have the players for it yet. And Central Florida has a great program. I know that we got Jeff Levy from them, but they still got great players and they are rolling. So give me Central Florida. If y'all see it minus seven somewhere, I'll take the half point off, but uh, I'll. I'll lock in seven and a half. There we go. Mainline that shit. I sharp. The Knights. Dylan Gabriel coming back after a All American freshman campaign with Levy at the helm, but Josh Heupel still the head coach. I have a feeling the play calling's not going to suffer too much. Not to slight Jeff Levy, but Heupel knows a thing or two about calling offense. I think the Knights are going to be coming in, like Ben said, very established program. Uh, they they consistently recruit playmakers. They have a good quarterback. I think that Georgia Tech is going to come back down to earth a little bit. Um, I'll say Ben said that that the Jackets look good in Week One. Um, not saying look bad. I liked a couple things I saw from Jeff Sims, the quarterback at Georgia Tech. Um, but I still think that Jeff Collins has got a little bit of a ways to go there with that program. I think they're going to be okay. But I like the Knights here sneaking one out on the road. Um, 
I really like them to uh, to take this one. I think uh, I don't know if I want to go as far as total goes. I don't know if Jeff Sims can really put up the points to hang with the uh, with the Knights, but I like UCF here a lot. I I know that uh, our, our dad Bill C likes likes the Jackets here against the spread. But I'm with Ben here. I, I'm I'm tailing the Woodhouse. I, I like the Knights here, minus seven and a half. I'll, I'll tell you all this before we get off the show. I don't like a single one of my picks. I picked <laughs> Louisville at home. I, was, I feel like I just had a fantasy football draft this and I drafted the like third. This is good for the brand. I'm like, I just picked three quarterbacks. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean – it, that means it's good. 2020 hasn't made sense to me yet. Uh, last week, I said on the show, I thought that you should bet the farm, the mortgage, and the car on Clemson covering, and they didn't. So I'm going against my gut this week. Going to see what happens. All right. This isn't been, you know, you just went. But I think you're going to like this one, so you're, you're going to want to stick around. And now the, I was checking the forecast while you were talking. It, it does appear that what is now tropical – Depression Sally has picked up some speed and is not going to be in Conway on Friday night, Conway, South Carolina. However, I'm going to assume that they're probably not practicing outdoors on Wednesday or Thursday, the Chanticleers. Now, they did have a game last week. <laughs> yeah. They host Campbell Friday evening. Campbell played a tough game last week against Georgia Southern, the Georgia Southern team who had, I believe, had 14 players out. Uh, no, more than contact that. Contact tracing? It was like 33. 30. Yeah. 33. Oh, maybe they only had 14 players that could play. Maybe that was an arrest song. Um, so, so, but it was a close game. It was 27-26. So Campbell played them well. But I don't think this is, this is you know, your older brother, Georgia Southern, from back when they were winning uh, FCS title championships. Um, th- this is a good Coastal Carolina team. It's a good, a really good defensive team. I, I think Bill C. had their, their defense in the uh, – now he, he's taking some teams out that aren't playing. But I think he had them at 40th defensively. This is a this is a decent Coastal yeah. Carolina team. I don't see why Campbell's going to score points. The over under is fifty seven and a half. Um, I'm taking the under. I do think even if Tropical Storm, excuse me, Tropical Depression Sally is already gone, it's still going to be pretty windy, uh, which I think is going to kind of mess with things. Fifty seven seems like a lot. This seems like a forty one to 10, uh, 35, 14 type of game. I think it's going to be comfortably under. I love that. I love that. Our guy Jamie Chadwell, yeah, went up to nobody. Lawrence. Nobody rallies the troops like Jamie Chadwell. Yeah. I told y'all went up there. To, yeah, went up absolutely there to, right. Went up there to Lawrence, Big Twelve after dark, got it done. Um, they didn't get it done. That they dominated Kansas. Yeah. I, I look and Chad Stags. Uh, no jokes aside, in his second year in Conway with the chance. Uh, getting some a little bit of buzz as a defensive coordinator. That defense was flying all over the fucking place. I loved what I saw. Campbell put up a hell of a fight against Georgia Southern. Wasn't enough to get it done. Um, but I, I do love that pick. And as much as it pains me to go against Mike Minter and the Camels, because I do, I do love the fight that I saw in that game against Georgia Southern. I was pulling for the Camels. I, I, I was always a Mike Minter fan when he was with the Panthers. Um, I think that they're a decent team. But, man, Coastal was under the level. Their offense was churning. Um, I, I think that uh, 
Grayson McCall at quarterback. He's a dual threat. He did a lot of good things, had three touchdowns passing. Um, C.J. Marable, the running back, was impressive. I, I liked what I saw from the chance, and I love this pick. Yeah, I, by the way, I was looking over, over Jamie Chadwell's uh, head coaching record. He went 3-7 and seven in his one season at Delta State and then moved from Delta State to Charleston Southern. What what did he do in the 3-7 and seven season that said, you know what, this is the guy? Persevering in Cleveland, baby. I guess so. He interviews like Gene, baby. Dude, those three wins were <laughs> impressive. Right. Yeah. All right, um... So does every so I think Austin's missing one lock for us here. I think everybody else is covered except for me and Austin. Yeah, I don't feel great about this, but um, let's do this. Is where we enter auto pick territory. Um, SMU North Texas over. I like it. I love 69. it. I love it. Um, we talked about week one now. It's counterintuitive to bet nice to bet a SMU under like in week one, but. As we predicted, they were rusty. Both teams looked bad. Turnovers. It was just a sloppy game. I think SMU is going to have tightened things up on the offensive side of the ball. They're going to look like the SMU that we expect. They probably get into the 40s. Uh, North Texas was impressive, too, in their first game. Granted, it was against Houston Baptist, but they rolled them like they should, put up some numbers. So we're not going to need much from North Texas here, 28, 31, 35, whatever. Um, SMU... Probably covers the 14, but let's go with the over 69. What if I told you at Circus Force you could get over 68 and a half? Mm, I would take it. Now we're talking. Let's do it. Let's do it. Now we're talking. Um, all right, so is I guess is everybody clear? Are we waiting on just one more from yours truly? That's right. All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and lock up Troy minus three and a half. Um, playing Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee opened up. Brutal game against Army. Army, two games in the season, is rolling. Uh, the the Black Knights and the triple option. Lots to handle early in the season for, for teams that have had no spring practice and a very abbreviated fall camp. Um, but Middle Tennessee's got some issues at quarterback. Oh, uh, his first name is escaping me, but O'Hara. He's just a little all over the place, a little scattered. Um, I don't think that the Blue Raiders can keep pace with the Trojans. It's in Murfreesboro, um, but minus three and a half is good enough for me and the Trojans. I like the uh, I like Troy to cover that, and I, if you want to take the over, go ahead as well at sixty four and a half. I like Troy here. I uh, look Brent Stocksteel has done a phenomenal job in the last couple seasons of basically piecemealing something that is competitive. Um, but I think that Troy and Chip Lindsay are going to be able to put together a game plan that's going to be able to really push the field vertically and to uh, stretch out the uh, the Blue Raiders defense. I like Troy here, minus three and a half, and I think that that's uh, – Nick, Nick, I think this is a 3-0 week for me. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I, I think that that's uh, – you might as well just lock up 3-0 and just go ahead and, and, and tell your boy. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, seven and one last week. I think that we're, uh, you know, we're looking good for another. Uh, maybe we'll eight and one this week. Yeah, on pace to do big things. Um, anything else that you guys got that uh, is of note? Maybe some freebies to give out to the folks. I thought about La Tech. How the hell is Southern Miss laying points uh, to anybody? I, I, I thought about I thought that, that one too. This is a classic coach just quit they're going to be fired up one game yeah plus two two weeks off two weeks to prepare yeah before they before they completely fall apart i mean the the, that locker room is gone so i'll give you another one texas state at ulm i like ulm to cover the six points yeah yeah they get six yeah i think you're getting six i think fun row at home Gives the uh, gives the old Bobcats a uh, a hell of a game. I don't know if they win, but I like them to cover that. Also, I think the, the I got the over under at sixty three. I take the under there, but I like the uh, like the funder offense to get things done. You know, I really want to pick Tulane minus seven against Navy, but I wonder if we're just Navy's not getting enough credit there because of how bad they looked against BYU. Um, but you know, that would be. If I were to pick the Navy Tulane game, and maybe y'all covered it while I was disconnected, I would pick Tulane. Really? Okay. I uh, yeah, I like that bet as well. Yeah, Tulane at home. I don't hate it, but that's just that's such a brutal matchup. Um, Tulane looked good though. I liked. Uh, Navy got beat fifty-five to three in one of the worst. I mean, they got physically destroyed. Matter of fact, I think uh, Ken Nia Matalolo said it was the worst loss in Navy history. They were, yeah, it was 55-3, and it didn't even look that close. It really didn't. They were manhandled by grown men, literally. Um, Tulane looked <laughs> – Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I liked what I saw from Tulane last week. Keon Howard, shout out to Keon. Laurel, Mississippi stand-up, Nicholas Carr. Um, That's right. He he looked good. I, I, I like the Green Wave uniform matchup wise. You know the Green Wave is going to take that one in a boat race, but um, it's you're only getting seven. So can Navy get up off the mat and rebound? That's the question here in New Orleans. Um, either way, I, the over is is an enticing play here. Yeah, I think we squeezed uh, about as much uh, juice out of that lemon as we can get this week. Not a ton of games, and we gave you a lot of locks. I can't wait to go 0-3 again. (laughs) Hey, this is the last week before things uh, extreme Dave Chappelle voice get real. Because next week, we got SEC opening up. Y'all better get a real big lead on me before SEC play starts. Oh, here we go. Because when... When that starts back, it's game on. Here we go. All right. Uh, Nick, anything else from uh, from our resident Vegas guru, commander of the this is our This is our last week without almost football. Well, other than the bye week, which at which point, you know, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be hot and heavy at that point. It's our last week without almost football for at least the next three months. So get, get ready. Last thing, how did everybody feel about the uh, powder blue jersey reveal? I thought it looked good. I, I thought it 
it could have gone way worse, honestly. I mean, I loved them. I, 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 and I saw a picture later on of a, someone posted and it looked like a very bright, whitely lit room, and it looked a little different. So I mean, I kinda, I'm interested to see them on the field because I've seen kind of two different – one that looks a little bit more like the – maybe the old school. Yeah, yeah, and then one that's more of a – kind of a mix of royal in there. So I'm very – but I will say – it very similarly matched the helmet, and to me, I think if, if it matches the helmet, that's good enough for me. Yeah, that's most important. You're right. I like yeah, it. If Go ahead, Zach. I was going to say I like the red accent on the SEC logo. I thought that was a nice touch. If they're close to the old Oilers unis, we're good. We're good. And that makes sense because half of our students are from Texas anyway. So <laughs> That town in particular. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought they looked good. I, I like the – uh now sourcing close to the uh close to the uh, I, I don't know close to the fucking locker room i don't know how you can say it uh they're gonna wear <laughs> white pants i think that's a good play i think wearing the gray pants would have been an absolute disaster um we we've talked about how i feel about the gray pants i don't like them but i think powder helmet powder jersey gray pants would have just been an abomination i like the white pant look even if it's just straight white even if it just looks like practice pants i still think that's going to pop on on screen on the field um i think that was the uh the right call there but i thought it looked good i liked the reveal video the lights in the stadium with the powder blue was 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 pretty tight so i'm uh i'm excited i think uh if anything it's just creating more buzz about lane kiffin and what they're doing and Look, it's nationally ranked team coming in week one. Look, it's a it's a, a an abbreviated COVID season, but by God, we got college football, and the Rebels are running next week, so it's gonna be fun. Yep, can't wait. Anything else, fellas? Anything else? No, sir. All right. May the odds be ever in your favor. Absolutely. Shout out Jennifer Lawrence. All right. Next week, we will be here with uh, a combo of sorts. We'll have a Florida preview, and we will preview the Rebels. We're going to preview the whole season. We did a SEC East and West preview. We did every team except for the Rebels. We will get everybody's take on how we think the 2020 season will shake out. And we will preview Dan Mullen and the Gators coming to Oxford to take on Lane Kiffin and the Rebels. Until then, y'all know what to do. Tail the LGC, make some money, and enjoy the weekend. And we'll be back next week with you. We'll have more previews for next week. Next week is game week, fellas. It's going to be fun. We'll have, uh, have more picks next week. We'll have a preview of the game. And uh, until next time, stay safe out there, uh, be cognizant of those around you, and uh, enjoy college football. It's here, and we, we need to embrace it. So have fun for Austin, for Ben, for Nick. I'm Zach. This has been Podcast Rebellion, Legal Gambling Council. Thanks for tuning in. We out.